Wonderful. Thank you so much for, uh, yeah, I just got to keep going. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We're going to have a super session today. My name is Lex. Um, I will be your moderator. The session will also be recorded and potentially turned into a podcast. So if you uh, enjoy it while you're here so much that you want to hear it again, uh, it is possible for you to then listen to the replay uh, of it as a podcast episode. So I just want you to be aware of that. Uh, and with us we have today... Hey, I'm Ashwin Kumar. Uh, I'm from Stripe. Uh, I lead our banking as a service team for startups. That's right. So I'm going to ask uh, uh, an easy and unfair question, uh, which is, what is Stripe? <laughs> Uh, Stripe it's a, is a payments company. Uh, we help companies take payments on the internet. That's how we started. Uh, we've since expanded into a lot of different product categories. So banking as a service is relatively new for Stripe, uh, where we're on the other side of the equation. Uh, we are helping companies issue cards, open accounts, uh, and lend money to their customers. What is the core bet that Stripe has made? Like, what, what is the animating thesis of it? Because right, I think there's the... Providing payments is the feature, but there's a really interesting kind of underlying mission for the company. Increase the GDP of the internet. That's the, the explicit mission. Uh, I think more recently we've started thinking about it as how do we build the best financial infrastructure for digital companies? Uh, we, if you think about payments, payments is a lot of companies come to us for payments. Maybe they're a recurring SaaS company and then they, they want to take a direct charge uh, and then eventually they want to offer something else, right? They want to offer the ability to take invoices to their customers, and so we have an invoicing product. They want to offer cards to their customers, so we have a, a, an issuing product. We've kind of seen that digital companies are, they get into the bundle very quickly, uh, where they want to offer more and more, and that's our kind of goal. Start with payments and go see where we can take them. What is a digital company? A digital native company is what we call just basically a company that was born on the internet, uh, that uses the internet to do commerce or mobile, uh, modern tech companies, uh, as you can think of it. Yeah, I mean, to me that's really interesting, both the idea that there is a internet native GDP, but then the idea that there are companies that are of a type, um, that, are, that are internet native or are born to be internet native. And I think this connects to um, your focus on the startup ecosystem, your focus on the, you know, like banking as a service provision. Um, like, what are, what are the attributes of the companies that you encounter in your work that maybe differentiates them from the neighborhood laundromat or, mm. uh, you know, like, the NFT crypto project or some molecular research uh, institute, right? Like, there's yeah. probably, there's some attributes of things that are appropriate for, for Stripe um, as, as a counterpart. Yeah, I think more so than Stripe, I would, just, I would just kind of zoom out for fintech generally. So I see a lot of fintech companies. And fintech, that means anything at this point. Uh, the ones that I see most often are companies that a lot of times want to provide the financial services for a specific niche uh, user group. And so uh, there's, a, there's a really great company that's built on Stripe called Carrot. They're building a card for creators. Uh, there's some stat that they shared with me that 30% of children now are saying when they want to grow up, they want to be an influencer. Uh, and how are they going to oh, get... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in this room, raise your hand if you're an influencer. We're good all influencers. Good, yeah, good for you. Yeah. It's not too late. You don't have to be a child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Exactly. Okay, that was inspiring. Uh, but yeah, that, that's uh, an example of a company where they're using Stripe issuing uh, in order to issue cards to the creators. They have a credit product that they underwrite them based on their social media likes, how many followers they have, uh, how much ad revenue they get from brands, uh, things that a regular bank may not be taking into account to give them credit. Right? So that I would call it a pure play fintech. Uh, Ramp is built on Stripe, and Ramp obviously is a, a pure play fintech in our eyes, uh, you know, corporate expense cards. But then we also get a lot of SaaS companies or soft, what we can call the software companies who then want to embed financial services, which I think is in line with what this chat is about, uh, where a lot of SaaS platforms, so if you think about Shopify, there's all kinds of Shopify's. There's, there's, uh, there's Shopify for, there's companies that are doing the Shopify for gym membership or gym trainers, uh, Shopify for teachers, online teachers. And so they'll start off just doing the SaaS product so that these people can start making money and then they realize, well, we can also help them facilitate payments uh, because they want to get paid for whatever the course is and so they, they start using your Connect product to do that. Uh, and then many times they start realizing, well, if we are their financial, we can become more of their financial center because we are now helping them take payments, where is the money going after they take the payment? Well, we can maybe hold it on our platform instead of it just going to a bank account. So they'll use Stripe Treasury, which is our kind of fund holding uh, API, and then how are they going to spend it if it's on the platform or if it's in, held in this financial account, which acts like a bank account, you need a card. So they issue a card against that, and now they become the, I won't say bank, but they become the financial services uh, arm for the business. Yeah. yeah, so they become the distributor of the financial product. Um, into these customers. Exactly. I, um, I want to talk to you more about the Stripe bundle as well as some of the distinctions that we've outlined. But I also want to meditate for the audience on, um, on how interesting Stripe's position is in the industry because it's not that, because there's, there's a lot of embedded finance companies that are saying, hey, I've got a finance feature, grab this API from me, next thing you know, you're offering financial product. But it's not that you're just doing that. It's that you're doing, you're at the infrastructure layer bef below the platforms, right? So you, it's not like, um, and I keep going to laundromats, but like we have a regular laundromat and it takes coins, but now we want to integrate payments into it. So we're going to integrate digital payments into our laundromat. And for that, we need an API. It's not, it's not just that. It's the fact that you're doing that for platforms that have lots and lots of business customers. So you're going kind of one level of abstraction, and so the, the reach is quite exponential because you're, you're hitting, and I'm guessing that the platforms that come to you are already successful in some sense. They need to have some scales. Uh, yeah, absolutely, because their, their Bain model, once they figure out their SaaS model, uh, is usually when they come and want an embedded finance product. It's not easy to launch those products. Uh, Stripe issuing, launching a card, launching an account, it's a lot easier than it used to be, but there's a lot of compliance that has to happen. There's a lot of disputes you have to think about. There's card operations, and so it's not a, just a turn the switch and write some code kind of thing. That actually surprises a lot of uh, startup founders, for sure. Uh, they think it's that easy. Uh, it's not there yet. But they do need to have some scale, uh, and they need to have a reason for why they would launch this product. Uh, we've seen some platforms try and it doesn't really catch. Uh, like, they'll, they'll launch a card or an account product on top of their whatever SaaS uh, platform is, and their customers don't necessarily want to 
switch their bank account to, to this, or maybe they don't trust the platform, or there's not enough of a value add. And so it doesn't always work. And so, of course, the first thing is figure out what their users want, uh, which, is, which is their role. And then once they do that, the way we've architected Stripe is that the product that these platforms are built on is called Stripe Connect. And our banking and card products are built on top of the same infrastructure. And so if you've already built Connect because your SaaS platform, you're effectively already over halfway or even more done and, and ready to build integration. So you can go really quickly to launch those products, the new products. That's interesting. Um, you know, it's, Amazon has a strategy where they, 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 have, they have a big platform business, right? AWS is a big platform business. Um, Amazon itself has lots and lots of third-party sellers on its e-commerce platform. Um, and I think it was Strategery that articulated that as Amazon trying to be their first and best customer. Mm -hmm. So when they're building a business, they're, they're not building a business. They're building a platform that provides the services, so the best cloud services, the best uh, delivery operations infrastructure, um, the most creepy stores with uh, cameras that watch you as you walk around, right? Platform businesses. And then on top of that, you're your first best customer. And so they're able to serve themselves, and once they figure it out, they open up the platform for third parties, and the third parties flood in, and they can be something like two-thirds of the revenue. And so I think about Stripe, you know, I feel like the first value prop is like integrate a gateway. And then once you've integrated a gateway, get a cash account. And then maybe you get a loan from, uh, because you know, we see your payments so we can underwrite you. But what you're describing is actually that architecture being opened up to third parties to use as an embedded set of features that are, that are really similar to kind of Stripe's core business. Is that, is that right? Yeah, so I would think, I, I think about it as there's the direct version uh, of these products where Stripe itself is lending, uh, or at least connecting to lenders in the marketplace, which is Stripe Capital, so we have that. And then there's the, what I would call the BAS part, which is Stripe Capital for platforms, which is allowing you as a platform to lend to your customers. Right? And so it's the same thing. We can issue cards to you directly. That would be like we had a Stripe corporate card product that did that. But then issuing, Stripe issuing is around allowing you to issue cards to your customers. Uh, and then for a, a company like Ramp, where it's, Ramp is issuing, Ramp allows their customers to issue cards to their employees. And so now their customers are actually issuing the cards. Or they're not issuing the cards, but they feel like they're the ones that are spinning up these cards. Right? So it's even a level deeper than that. It's like um, for any of you that in the early 2000s designed websites using HTML, it's like uh, nested HTML, HTML tables that are recursive. I feel like you're, you're kind of coming out the other side. This is a terrible joke and a horrible analogy, and I, I take it all back. I just uh, will pretend I didn't say any of that. I, um, I think of it more like a React library, right, where it's like you have... Uh, you have these pieces of, of code that we can just give you, like a framework, or we can just give you JavaScript, right? And that's what they did for a long time. It's like, right, create websites, create web apps from it, and then React kind of packages that up uh, and then makes it into components, and then they just expose the components, right? And so they're like, I, I think that it's the same levels of abstraction that allow companies to build by us, in this case, for issuing, for example, right? We are the bank part. We have the bank partnerships. We handle compliance. We do all these, uh, and then of course we build the technology and the API, and then we bundle it all together and call it Stripe issuing. Uh, right. So, 
software, I think it's a good analogy. Yeah, I, I actually, you know, if I go back to it, I'm, I think what I'm trying to think about is distribution to the long tail, the last mile mm -hmm. problem, right? So getting, getting out to customers that are really far away is hard. And, and you have local approaches to getting there. Or on the internet, getting to particular tribes and communities, you do that by layering on very niche distribution. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you start with very generic distribution, and then often you have a platform that focuses it a little bit more, and then maybe somebody sitting on that platform is even more targeted, and then you're able to get a core sort of abstract technology all the way through to a very specific customer, like an employee that's using you know, a ramp card, which is then connected to you, which is then connected to some under, underlying uh, regulated financial entities. So let me ask you, um, the word embedded finance, the word banking as a service, mm -hmm. um, and then associated with that, relationships to underlying financial institutions. Like what's the difference between embedded finance, banking as a service, are they interchangeable? And then what's the relationship of those things? Because the embedding here goes up to the distributors. What is the relationship down into what kinds of things, what kind of institutions and, and services? Yeah, okay, so these terms are very overloaded and a lot of people use them differently. The way that we think about it, uh, embedded finance is the ability for you to uh, facilitate financial products through your, through your platform. So like payments counts, right? If we allow you to take payments uh, or allow you to let your customers take payments, that's part of embedded finance. Uh, BAS, banking as a service, is, a sub, is underneath that, is a type of embedded finance. Uh, that's how we think about it. So banking as a service is what can banks do and how can we partner with those banks to expose those capabilities, APIs for you uh, as a as a company to do. So you're thinking of banking as a service as a sector slice inside of embedded finance. So embedded finance yeah. might have payments, might have banking, might have brokerage and investments. Exactly. And banking yeah. as a service is a is a vertical in there. Yeah, and then within that, I mean, banks can do a lot of things. So uh, the, if you think banks can open accounts for customers, banks can issue cards, banks can lend money, and so. What we do is partner with those banks, uh, sponsor banks, and this goes to your question of the relationship, right? We, we partner with those banks, and maybe the bank doesn't have technology down, and that's where we come in. And so we hook into the banks, and then we expose those kind of things as APIs so companies can build on it without having to go build a relationship with the bank. We handle the compliance. We tell our customers what it is exactly to be compliant. We are doing the oversight, and so we take that out of the equation for them. Uh, and it kind of, back to your point about the general purpose versus specific, right? It's the same thing. A bank is a general purpose acquisition vehicle. Uh, most, they don't necessarily target a very specific, except for community banks in the region, they don't target very specifically, like this is the industry that we're going after. Now, we effectively have these platforms that are built on Stripe who are the acquisition channel for like very specific niches, right? The creator economy. So Carrot, like the one I mentioned, is going after that. Uh, there is another uh, company called Hostify, and they are doing a, they're a neobank for short-term property rental hosts. So if you're an Airbnb host or, or use VRBO, uh, they have a account and card product that they have launched through Stripe. Now, of course, that it's not enough to just skin your website as, oh, okay, this is a, the same thing, but for you guys. They have created tools and software on top of it. 
And so they have automated property tax calculations. They have uh, hooks into QuickBooks and can kind of put the rent payments in the right place and reconcile it. So they, I wouldn't say their customers think of them as a bank necessarily. They probably think of them as a software company who happens to have this capability to hold money. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's fascinating because it just shows kind of how the how software is unfurling to cover all these capabilities, all these processes that people do that are just being written into code and then connected into money flows. Um, so I, I, that, that for me is an interesting takeaway. I want to ask you about, and I, I don't know to the extent to which you can riff on it, but I'm going to give it a shot, um, about the underlying banks themselves. Uh, and the context for it um, and I, I looked at this and wrote about it maybe a few weeks ago, is Cross River Bank. You know, so there's a couple of banks that historically in the U.S. Um, have been leaders in opening themselves up and providing banking as a service offerings and making it easy for tech companies to integrate into them. You know, there's something like 10,000 going down to 5,000 banks in the U.S., um, given the particular efforts of the, uh, the FDIC, there are fewer and fewer banks uh, standing, and perhaps the Fed can be invoked as well in that magic spell. Um, that's a joke. It's, it's okay. It's fine. Um, so of those banks, um, most, if not all, just don't want the risk of dealing, of exposing their balance sheet, of exposing their processes, and frankly, many of them just can't, because what do they do? They sit on Fiserv, they sit on FIS, they consume a core banking system, and they open branches. You know, that's unfair for me to say, but for many very small regional businesses, you're just not able to say, okay, I'm going to get myself ready to integrate into Stripe so that it can be connected to the creator economy through a carrot platform. Um, so you have a couple of players. Cross River is one of them. Um, you know, Green Dot, a bunch of others. Um, and there's been a bunch of attention by regulators on, at, at these banks because they've embedded themselves into uh, consumer footprints that have blown up or didn't follow fair lending practices. Or, you know, we're just set up in a way where you can't follow the regulation because you're serving millions and millions of customers through these um, B2C footprints that you might not know as a bank. Now, I think Stripe plays a different role because you're, you're kind of a compliant layer in between and you vet the, the companies that use Stripe that then use the banks. But I wonder if, if there's any reverberation of this regulatory pressure on good banks like Cross River um, and the, the Bass business model. Like, do you see this? Um, bubbling up at all, um, and I guess in general, what are your thoughts on whose role it is to be uh, doing sort of the compliance work and in which way? Uh, I think it's all of our, so if you look at the whole chain, when you have the bank and then you have us as the service provider in between and then you have the company, it's all of us need to be compliant. Uh, it follows through from what the bank needs to do. Uh, and we work extremely closely with the bank partners. It's not just flipping on a bank. Uh, we have very deep relationships with these partners. We sit with their compliance and risk teams like all the time, every month, and we talk through what is it that, how, what can make you comfortable in terms of compliance? How can we make sure that we instill that or enforce that uh, within our customer base? And at the end of the day, like imagine it's 
if we have a customer and the customer is uh, onboarding their customer, doing KYB on that and then doing it at scale, that's the software piece. Like that, that's what we built uh, out to help them be compliant as much as possible. So is the answer yes, that do, you do KYB all the way through? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, and then on the bank partners, is the goal to like get all the bank in the US, all the banks in the US to, to be underlying or is it, you know, there's like 20 really good ones and we just wanna be excellent to each other? All banks are great. <laughs> I don't play favorites with the banks. Uh, no, our goal is not to go take over all the banks and, or, not, or like become partners with all of them. Uh, not all of them want to do this. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to work with a BAS provider as a bank and create the policies and uh, have the meetings and, and kind of know that there is a risk, the fact that you have outsourced uh, some of this acquisition to through Stripe to our customers who are getting their customers, right? So you're a little bit further removed from that company previously just coming into your branch directly uh, and working with you. And so I don't think all banks want to be uh, doing that. And it, we, need, we need to work with, with banks who understand that technology, maybe they don't have the tech piece down, which is what we do, but they do need to be very on top of compliance uh, and tell us and help us understand what we need to do. And then we need to be very on top of it going down. And then we need our customers then to enforce that themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think it's a really important function for the market as well because there's such a centralizing force uh, happening today. With you know, if you look at the Apple bank account, it's a, it's a centralizing force, right? Because you have massive distribution through the iPhone, and then you have massive manufacturing underneath with Goldman. And what you're describing is a way to diversify the footprints on the distribution side, as well as to empower more financial institutions underneath. So I think um, it, it kind of breaks up the market in a really healthy way. Yeah, absolutely. And we, on our end, we always start with our customers. So our customer, our users are the platforms, right? The, di the digital companies that are going out and acquiring their customers. And so a lot of that's our main focus. And so if they need a product and if they need to know how to be compliant, then we of course work with our bank partners to, to make sure that it's easy as possible for them to do it uh, in, a, in a kind of as much bulletproof way as possible, right? So, uh, okay, I kind of forgot your question. It's, it's all good. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna switch tracks um, into the market environment. Uh, and in particular, I think in the seat that you have, and we've talked about this offline before, in the seat that you have, you see lots of demand for basically tech companies that want to be on the cutting edge of fintech. And it's not that they're coming to you for funding, but they're coming to you for like an existential revenue generator. And so you're getting to see the flow of, of companies that would, um, you know, that, that would become the next generation of successful um, fintech projects. So how has that changed over, you know, the last five years, it feels really long. Um, but how has that changed in the last few years in terms of the quality of the companies that are coming uh, to you, how you screen them, what they're focused on, um, you know, what's the effect of the market been on the, the you know, that immediate customer profile? 
I think it's just like all startups, uh, especially as I work with startups and I work with B2B startups because we only support the commercial use case. Um, the funding market is getting tighter. Uh, and so all startups are, are kind of getting hit. Unless you're doing generative AI, uh, you know, which is exploding, FinTech funding has been the lowest it's been in a, in a long time. And so getting a company funded in FinTech, so already what we're facing is the quality of the companies we see it was already high, but I do feel like it's less but more higher quality because not everybody can get funded. What is quality? Quality in, in the startup? Uh, in, the, in the type of company that you see, yeah. What, what, are, what are the benchmarks of what quality well, is? So the first thing I look at is what do you have beyond the, pro the card product? Like what is it, if you're going to think interchange is your only business model, I don't think I just, that's the scale you need. I don't think that's the... Uh, that's kind of past, right? Uh, what else do you do? Like, what is your SaaS part of your can business? I, can I pause you on that? What's yeah. wrong with Interchange? Can't you just chime it? Chime it? I, I don't know. Is that, no, there's nothing wrong with people, Interchange. It's just say uh, that? for a startup, uh, the scale you need to make that your pure, that's your only model, right, uh, of revenue is at the beginning, how are you going to show investors that you can, you can have that uh, and how long is it going to take you to get to whatever one million one million dollars a year run rates or ten million dollars a year, right? And you need a lot of customers, uh, and getting people to switch their bank or use you for their card is more difficult than I think a lot of startups realize. And so the best ones I see, they think about distribution from day one. So they think, well, how are we going to get these creators? We're going to go to these creator consultancies. We're going to go to the agencies that are these creators, and we're going to have that as a reselling mechanism, right? And so there's this meme that like, first-time founders think about their product, and second-time founders think about distribution from the beginning, because you can have maybe a mediocre product, but if you have great distribution, you, you can win, uh, but not the other way around. You can have the best product ever, uh, and if no one, no one finds out about it, no one's going to use it. So that's one of the things I always look for. Have you thought about distribution? And then the second piece is, what, what are you building on top of the FinTech piece? Like you're coming to us in order to issue a card or open an account for your customers. Okay, cool. What else are you building on top, right? And so I mentioned uh, Hostify, how they have software now that they're building on top that they can charge for, which is this accounting syncing uh, software and reconciliation software, right? And that really matters. That's a hair on fire problem for these hosts, uh, which is why they're able to get a lot of attraction from them. And so that's one of the, the second things I ask is, what's your entire business model? Like, what, are you, what do you guys think? How is this actually fitting into your business, right? Um, and then the third one is, uh, and this is not, I don't want to like quality, but I would say there's a lot more fin, like folks starting fintech companies that came from financial backgrounds. Uh, there's a lot of you know, previous investment bankers, they worked at banks and now they're starting companies and so they really understand the fin part of fintech, uh, I think a lot more, and there's a lot more education, uh, companies like Chime exist, uh, and so yeah, I think that's, uh, that's what I look for. Awesome, well that's a fascinating um, journey through um, Stripe, payments, embedded finance, and then how it connects both up into the market structure to go to the long tail of customers as far as creators trying to get, to get uh, payments and lending done, and then the other direction deep into the banking architecture and, and just how much work there is to be compliant on a scale of 
I don't know, millions, dozens of millions, hundreds of millions, but trillions, trillions of people uh, forever uh, in all directions of time. Um, it, it is a, a tremendous undertaking, and again, I think the, the decentralizing sort of like imp the democratizing and decentralizing empowerment of all these businesses is really fantastic. So Ashwin, I want to thank you for the time with us today, and thank you to our audience for sticking with us. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Lex.